Somebody give God a hand clap of praise in here tonight. Oh, come on, young people. Why don't we give our God a hand clap of praise? Come on, if you know we serve a good God, you ought to give that good God a good praise. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. How many are excited to be in the house of the Lord on a Friday night? Oh, we can do a lot better than that. How many are excited to be in the house of the Lord on a Friday night? Here's your opportunity to make a little noise. How many are excited to be in the house of the Lord on a Friday night? Woo! I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I'm excited to be in God's house. I'm excited to be in God's house. I'm excited to know that this isn't just any old house. This ain't my mama's house. This ain't my daddy's house, my grandparents' house. This ain't my neighbor's house up the street, but this is God's house. Thank you, Jesus. As you're making your way back to your seats, you can remain standing with me. We're going to go ahead and jump right in. You can remain standing with me, young people. Come on. Well, we stand up a lot longer than this. Come on now, young people. We can stand tonight. I'm excited to see what God's going to do in this house. How many are ready to receive the word of the Lord tonight? How many are ready to receive the word of the Lord tonight? Thank you, Jesus. The person that's going to be coming to this desk is no stranger. Many of you know her. Many of you love her. And if you don't know her, trust me, it won't take long for you to get to know her. She is a light into every room she enters. She loves people. She loves God. She loves the work of God. And she just so happens to be the prettiest person in here. Coincidence? I think not. Morgan, we want you to come and we want you to talk to us and preach the word. Everybody ready to receive the word of the Lord? Why don't we put our hands together as she comes? Let's give that to God. God, we love you, Jesus. You are so good. God, there's nobody like you today, Jesus. Thank you for the opportunity, God, to be in your place today, Jesus. Um, man, it's so hard to see you guys from up here. Um, I am so thankful. Uh, I'm thankful for every one of you. I'm thankful for the opportunity to even be up here. Um, to even speak to you guys, not even here, but even with the college and career, to even lead that with my amazing husband. Um, you guys are awesome. <laughs> and I'm so thankful just for Fort Myers in general. You guys have welcomed me with open arms, and I'm not going to get emotional yet. So <laughs> I'm just so thankful for you guys. Brother Shralaza, wherever you are. I thank you for believing in me. <laughs> yeah, the little amount of time that I've known Brother Spalaza, he, he is the man with the plan. And uh, Sister Spalaza is amazing, and she backs him up as well with the plan. <laughs> um, tonight, I, I know everybody messes with Trevor about every time he preaches, he's always making everybody cry. 
And I think that's why we're married. We're pretty much the same person. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, a lot of the time, uh, I have my moments of shouting. You all can see. But um, I've felt this for a while. Um, it actually came to me before I moved here. Um, and because of the, the, uh, the pandemic, I mean, <laughs> the pandemic, um, I wasn't able to preach it or teach it at my own old church. So um, I feel like when Sferlaza, Brother Sferlaza asked me to, um, to teach here, that God just aligned it perfectly. And I didn't understand why he gave this to me when I was at my other home. Um, but now I know that there's a reason that God gave it to me in, in perfect timing. And he added to it um, as I moved. So um, if you can go to Psalm 139, that's where we'll be reading tonight. And we're going to be reading verse 1 through 10. I know it's a little lengthy. I apologize. <laughs> um, but if you are there, let me hear you say amen. All right. Psalm 139, verse 1. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before me, and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. 2 Corinthians uh, 1, verse 20. says, for all the promises of God in him are yea and in him amen unto the glory of God by us. Tonight I want to speak, preach, teach, whatever you want to call it, on I will. And as you want to close your Bibles, put your Bibles down. Let's pray that God would help us in this place today. Jesus, I thank you, God, for the opportunity, God, to be here in your presence. God, I pray that you would speak to every heart in this place. God, give us ears to hear. God, give us eyes to see. God, I pray, let us walk in the Spirit and think in the Spirit today. God, I pray that you would preach to every soul in this house, God. God, but that you would preach to me. God, as these words, God, flow out of my mouth. God, anoint these lips of clay. God, I pray and speak to us, God. Let there be a change and an encouragement in the 
atmosphere tonight. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. <laughs> so weird to say all this. <laughs> so tonight is going to be, um, in Jesus' name, a little bit of a participation. I can't handle silence. If you've been around me long enough, you definitely know that. <laughs> um, so I want, uh, obviously, in its time, um, but I kind of want this to be a conversation. I'm not a preacher in any way, shape, or form. I leave that to Sister Tabitha. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> um, but uh, I just kind of want this to be a conversation, and I hope that this leaves you encouraged as much as it encouraged me uh, while I was learning it. <laughs> So, um, who can say, by a show of hands, who can say in here that they like silence? <laughs> I knew Sabri. I felt Sabri coming. Okay. Um, or, let's turn this around. Who in here likes being ignored? That's a whole different. <laughs> so, uh I believe uh, that the world has made us uncomfortable with the thought of being silent and listening by making it creepy or uncomfortable. Um, I think even just for me, I get very uncomfortable when things are silent for too long. <laughs> um, where Trevor is very much a thinker. He likes to hear things out and take it into consideration and have his moment. I am very much... This happened? Okay, let's go. What is next? Okay, there's silence. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> let's move. Let's do something. Um, so I think in, in the world they've made silence um, a creepy thing. If you're in a house for too long and it's completely quiet, you start to get a little, okay, what's, what's going to happen? I'm here by myself. <laughs> I'm I'm being completely honest. If you're not going to be honest, it's okay. I just experienced this the other week when Trevor was gone. It was completely silent in my house. And I, I started going to like, okay, how can I talk to myself to, to get this going? Um, but there is something called an, oh, goodness, anechoic chamber. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, the quietest place on earth. Basically, it's a... Um, sometimes it's used as a form of torture, um, but also it, uh, they use it for products to see just how loud their product is, you know, testing it and all that kind of thing. Um, when it's known as the quietest place on earth, when someone is put into an anechoic chamber, the longest anyone has ever lasted was 45 minutes. Um, and that is basically when you're walking around you can't even hear the, you can't even hear your own footsteps uh, when you're in there because of all the sound boards that they have up and all that crazy stuff. Um, when it's quiet, this is a quote from someone who uh, actually created the anechoic chamber. They said, when it's quiet, ears will adapt. The quieter the room, the more things you hear. You'll hear your heart beating. Sometimes you can hear your lungs hear your stomach gurgling loudly, and the anechoic chamber, you become the sound. 
This sounds horrible, <laughs> to be completely honest with you. Um, and almost like something of a scary story. Um, you know, when you, when you start to hear your own heartbeat, you start to breathe a little bit heavier, and then you're hearing your breath, and <laughs> it just grows from there. Um, but in reality, there is a time and a place for silence. In Ecclesiastes 3, in verse 1, sorry, bear with me one second. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time, uh, and then verse 7, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak. How many of us uh, believe that silence is, is the best thing that's ever happened? I know a few moms would love to raise their hands. <laughs> um, but silence is not always a bad thing. It's rest and rejuvenation for the soul. In Isaiah 41.1 it says... Keep silence before me, O islands, and let the people renew their strength. Let them come near. Let them speak. Let us come near together to judgment. The rest and rejuvenation of the soul in the silence. How many of us have ever felt that uh, God is silent in our lives? It's a terrible feeling and unsettling in a way. What we as young people don't realize that is to a point that is normal. Yes, we always want to be hearing the voice of God and always be walking in the spirit and, you know, God's right here on my shoulder and he's just, he's talking away. He's giving me revelations every second I turn. He's giving me everything. <laughs> he's telling me who to talk to, when to talk to him, what to say. Um, but sometimes I believe that God is the one that takes us through these silent times. Um, I had gotten this message actually uh, when I was still in California, um, it was the beginning of the pandemic, and I was unable to go to church at all. Um, I wasn't working, so I was able to be at the church as long as I wanted, um, just as long as no one else walked in. Basically, they had it to the point where um, you could go to your church, but there could only be, basically for our, our size of building, there could really only be one person in the building by themselves in, you know, a certain room. Um, so uh, with that, obviously the pandemic brought change to everybody's lives. Um, I know Florida was just living their best life, but uh, California wasn't. <laughs> so uh, during that time, uh, it was very weird. I was used to going to uh, prayer in the mornings with my dad. And it just being, you know, the two of us and randomly there would be people that would walk in and, you know, it'd be the next person, the next person. Soon enough, the room was filled with at least, you know, 10, 15 people. Um, but this time around, it was, it was different. There was almost that eerie silence of, okay, well, as soon as somebody wants to come and pray, you know, I've done my time as far as praying in the church. I'm going to give them their chance to pray inside the church. So during that time, uh, I tried to stay in the church as long as possible. Um, and I was sitting at the altar and I realized how crucial these moments 
in this in my old church were. Um, it was one of those sentimental moments. I was getting to know Trevor. We weren't engaged yet, but um, you know, dating and that kind of thing. I always thought, man, this could be my last moment in this church. I want to take it all in and real, you know, see where the the platform that I always prayed by, the, the corner of the room that I always prayed in. So during that time, I was, I was very aware of, hey, this is my church. I'm going to pray here as much as possible. Um, and I realized how crucial these moments were in his presence. And the song uh, came to my mind. Um, Anthony, or it's sung by Anthony Evans. It's called Silence. And basically, I'm just going to read the words to the chorus, um, if you want to listen to it, it's for sure going to make you cry after this. But um, basically the chorus says, what if you're speaking through the silence? What if that's all I need to hear? Give me the patience in this quiet. I need to rest here and be okay. And I sat there with tears running down my face realizing I'm not even... I'm not even in complete silence. I didn't feel like, oh, God's not hearing me. I'm, you know, it was just the change in my life that was, okay, one second, we're all at the church. The next second, it's boom. I can't even be in the same room as anybody without the, call it what it is, fear of police coming and knocking on the door. Our church was right across the street from the police station. Um, so just the the moments where I was there was, I'm not even completely uh, in a place of silence, like God's not hearing me, but it's, a, it's an atmosphere of silence. Um, in a sense, I had gotten to the point where anything that was going to happen was above me. I knew that God was using this abrupt change in my life for something. Um, I believe that silence spiritually isn't always the absence of sound or the absence of God hearing you, but sometimes it's in the place where you realize that you have no control over the circumstances. When we get to the point of feeling like we have no control over a situation, that's when the feeling of being abandoned comes in like a wave. Um, but in all these times of silence, we realize that God is holding us. He speaks in the silence. We just have to give him the time and the space to actually speak and for us to listen. Um, I believe that, uh, you know, when we're, in the, when we're in physical silence, when in this room, if we just, I stop talking. That's complete silence. This physical, no sound, no nothing. What do we look for or we hold to is sound. I came across something that I found, um, sorry, I found really interesting and I never gave much thought. Um, but sound waves never die. The story goes late in his life. Marconi had an epiphany. The godfather of radio technology decided that no sound ever dies. It just decays beyond the point that we can detect it with our ears. Any sound was forever recoverable, he believed, with the right device. What if you could build a radio so powerful that you could detect sounds made long ago? This obviously is impossible, 
But that's not what Marconi, one of radio's early pioneers, believed. Marconi became convinced that sounds never die. In his 60s, having suffered a series of heart attacks, Marconi dreamed of a device that would let him hear lost sounds, let him tap into eternal frequencies. He would tell people that if he got it right, that he could hear Jesus of Nazareth giving the Sermon on the Mount. At the end of his life, he could sit on his piazza in Rome and hear everything that was ever said to him or about him. He could relive every toast and testimonial, and we all could hear everything. Hear Caesar, hear Shakespeare give an actor a line reading, hear my grandmother introduce herself to my grandfather in Rhode Island, hear someone tell you that they love you that first time that they tell you, hear everything forever. It's a beautiful fantasy, an earth littered with lost sounds just waiting to be revived by the right antenna. Marconi was wrong about the method, but today in an era of sound recording, we hear old sounds all the time. Of course, they're made new again each time we play them, but in a sense, each time you listen to a piece of music, a podcast, or whatever else, you're reviving a lost sound. I started to try and see how this applied to the Bible. In the church, what do we hold to when we're in a silent place? First thing that comes to my mind is the Bible. And in the Bible, we encourage ourselves with the promises of God. In the Bible, there are so many promises, um, but the ones I want to focus on are the absolutes. The absolutes of God are pretty much another word for the promises of God. One of the, prom or one of the absolutes that I want to focus on is the I will of God. What does will mean? Some would just say, you know, I'm going to do it. <laughs> that's what it is. And basically that's kind of a, a dumbed down version, but a proclamation of an inevitable event. Going back to sound waves never dying, I believe that at some point in time, if not by the writers themselves, every verse in the Bible has been spoken into the atmosphere. Tonight, you know, just us reading... 2 Corinthians uh, 120 and Psalms 139, I spoke those into the atmosphere and they're never going to come back. I think uh, it hit me finally <laughs> after all these years when my mom would say, watch what you say because you can never take it back. And that's very true. All the words are just floating. They're just, they're forever there. Yes, we can't hear them, but um, it makes you take a whole new perspective on watching what you say. Um, so going back to Soundways Never Dying, I believe that every verse has been spoken into the atmosphere. With that, I believe that if we go into our imagination um, and really our godly imagination <laughs> and really believe uh, and really listen, we could hear the sound waves of our forefathers echoing through the years. So I want everybody to shut your eyes promise I'm not going to do anything to you. <laughs> Just shut your eyes and I want us to listen to what could be something that was spoken back in the days of Jesus, back in the days of the Old Testament.
and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing, and I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may also be. And whither I go, ye know, and the way, ye know. And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And on my servants, and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood, fire, and vapor of smoke. Everybody can open your eyes. All of those scriptures had something in common, and that was the I will. These are the promises of God. These are the absolutes on my maidens, on my, um, on my handmaidens, I will pour out my spirit. If we listen in this crazy world where they want us to be uncomfortable in silence, if we listen for that small I will, when we go to work, when we go to school, it will make all the difference in how we deal with the situation we're in. Jesus. The sounds of life can overtake us if we're not careful. And we can lose sight and forget how we were able to make it this far. When we're in the silent places of life, that's when you hear the voice of God the loudest. This is to remind you that he has brought you to this place for a reason. The loneliness has a reason. The sadness has a reason. And even, yes, sometimes even when you have joy, there's a reason you're put in a silent place to prove you. We have to trust the I wills. These are not men's promises where they can be broken and depend on circumstance. These are the I wills of someone who cannot lie. Isaiah 26.3. Thou wilt keep him in a perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. There's a time in these silent places that like in the quietest chamber, the only reason that person was only, be able, was only able to last in there for 45 minutes and the reason they use it for torture methods is because you start to lose your mind. There's, uh, you know, hearing your heartbeat. Like I said, hearing your heartbeat, hearing your lungs, hearing, not being able to hear where you're at. Most of the time in those chambers, they make them sit down. Um, unless, obviously, it's a torture method, then <laughs> they don't care. But they make them sit down and they have to stay there because if not, you, you start to lose your mind. Um, I believe that in the quietest places, you can start to lose your mind and ask yourself, why am I not hearing from God? 
has he left me? There's plenty of other questions, and I know the list can go on, of what we start to think when we're in that silent place of, okay, I don't know why I can't hear you. Did I? I know for me, <laughs> when I was younger, I started to go into, okay, God, what did I do wrong? <laughs> did I, <laughs> you know, I don't know what happened because I went from hearing you yesterday, and then all of a sudden today I'm like, man, I am... I am on it. I can hear everything. This is going great. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom. And I'm sitting there in the church like, yes, let's go, Jesus. And it's like, you're in a house by yourself. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> so I, I understand that and I have had a, you know, a good amount of times in my life where I realized when I was, just like when that day when I got all this written down, it literally happened at the point where I heard that song in my head. I started singing it. And it was just boom, boom, boom. Everything just started coming to me. And I was like, oh, wow, okay, this is really good. <laughs> this is, I'm going to need this someday. And I started writing it down and I got my phone and I was just, you know, taking it for all it was, like, man, okay, Silence by Anthony Evans. Um, if you look at my notes on my phone from that day, it's, it's sporadic. It's kind of, kind of like me, a little bit. So it's, you know, it's a blurb here, a blurb there. It's, wow, you know, silent places are amazing. God's doing great things in silent places. And then it's, silent places are absolutely terrible. We don't want silent places. And it's, it's all over the place. And I, and I realized, I looked back at it. When I moved here, and I just started laughing because I was like, one song and all of this just exuded out of one song. Anthony Evans didn't even know what he was, <laughs> what he was getting himself into when he wrote this song. Um, but I feel that um, the desire to hear from God has to go from a good prayer, a good I talked to Sister Camila, and this is not outing anyone, I promise. But I, um, I moved here, and I, I don't know if it was just me, but as soon as I moved here, I had realized it before, but everyone walks everywhere. During prayer, during pre-service prayer, everyone's walking. And the first time I moved here, I was like, okay, I'm... You know, I'm used to make a joyful noise, be loud in your prayer. It's not time for a quiet prayer. But I was so used to sitting down and being loud. And then all of a sudden I got here and <laughs> I sat down and I was like, all of a sudden all the young boys who I'm supposed to be older than and, you know, that kind of thing, they're just like, praise God, yes, God, this is great, Jesus. And I, and I started calling Brother Manasseh. Man of God, because he walks around like he's ready to preach at any second. And <laughs> it made me it made me laugh because he has this puffed out chest and he's like, Yes, I am the man. <laughs> I am the man with the plan. And I started to feel like, oh man, why am I I don't I don't understand, you know, and now I've I've started to realize I I would have moments at my old church where um, and I'm sorry to keep bringing up my old church, but it's, I was there for 23 years. Um, 
But I would have moments where, you know, when it was really going, it was like, okay, let's stand up and we're walking and we're shouting and we're doing the whole thing. But I, I feel like there's a, there's a time that it goes from good prayer and that it, need, that it needs to go from good prayer to a desperate plea of I can't stay here, this silent place, I'm going crazy, I'm losing my mind, there's nothing, there's nothing coming. And, and I feel like there's a, there's a time that it needs to go from a good prayer to a desperate plea of I'm, I have to go deeper. God, yeah, this walk is nice. I'm doing great. God, you're good. Work in this service. Do all the things you want to do. God, this is your house. This is your church. To a place of God, if I don't get out of this place, if I don't get out of my mind, out of my heart, all the feelings, all the emotions, that God... I'm, I'm going to die, I'm going to die walking. And, and it's almost like um, what comes to my head is, is uh, not death row, but in, in uh, the concentration camps and that kind of thing, they just had them all, they all walked to their death without even, you know, probably some of them realized it, but I feel like there was just, okay, well, you know, this is very morbid, but, you know, these, these soldiers told me to get in this line and follow wherever the line goes. So, you know, I guess we're just going to walk this line. And, and in a way, when we're just walking and there's, no, there's nothing coming out of our mouth, there's no, God, what's going on? I, for me, I know me and God get a little real sometimes. I'm like, God, listen. I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> Trevor might lose his mind while I'm losing because I'm losing it. You know, there's, there's a real, there's a communication with God when you're really talking to him, when you're really chasing his heart, his desire, the desires of your heart being the desires of his heart, that you realize, you know what, God, we're friends. I might be losing in this silent time, but you have a plan for this silent time. There's a reason that I'm here. There's a reason that I can't hear for whatever it is. In those times is when God goes, I will. You know? And you're like, what, what in the world? And you start to, okay, well, maybe I'm just losing my mind. And it's, you go about your day and like, man, it's so weird that I'm not hearing from God. And it's, I will. And you're just like, <laughs> there's nothing happening here. Like, God, anytime you want to speak to me, anytime, you know, you feel like letting me know what, why I'm not hearing from you. And all that time he's saying, I will. Why are you not hearing me? Why are you not listening to me? I am. I will. All, you have this whole this is not the best Bible to do. You have this whole Bible full of I wills. Everything was written and inspired by God. All these men, inspired by God. You have his word right here telling you exactly what to do, exactly what he's going to bring you out of, exactly everything that's in this word is literally right there for your taking.
Um, and I believe that it really comes down to trust. Um, saying that I trust your I will. You can read this all day. But if you don't believe the words, if you don't believe that this was truly inspired by God, if you don't believe that this is the promise, the, the, um, the word that cannot return void, then what, what good is it going to do you? If you don't believe that all of these, when, when he said he's going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh, if you don't believe that as an inevitable event, if you don't believe that that will ever happen, just as much as you believe revelation and that God's coming back, you should be able to believe that, hey, God can do miracle signs and wonders. God said that in his word. He's going to do it. There's absolutely, God cannot lie. There's no way that God's not going to do this. As much as you believe he's coming back, there's no way that you should not believe that he will bring you out of whatever he said that he's going to bring you out of. He will bring, though I will, it's going to happen. It's not men's promises. It's not men saying, hey, I know, you know, I know I said I was going to do this. And I said I will bring you a medicine ball tea from Starbucks. Okay. This is a joke with Sister Camila. Um, but it's not, it's not men's promises as I will do this. And then it comes to the day and you're like, Sister Camila, where is my medicine ball tea? <laughs> I know. Where, where is this? I, I was looking forward to it. My, my hopes were high for what you said you were going to do. And it's not there. Why is it not there? When God says, um, sorry, my, I'm going into scatterbrain. <laughs> when, uh, when the I wills are in the scripture, there's no way that God can just say, oh, you know what, Brother Shvalaza, I'm going to take a rain check on this one. The one about miracles, I'm going to take a rain check. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll get back with you on that. When, it feel, when I feel like it, it'll happen. Um, this is, you know, just a, a personal testimony that I, I haven't really gotten to share. But when I had Bell's palsy on my face, um, I had a, a moment where I was running around with the camera for Judah. And Brother um, Alexandre called me and Trevor up and had the whole church pray for us. And at that time, I was like, to be completely real with you, I was like, why did he do this? Like, you just brought, I, I was finally getting over it. Like, I'll just walk around with a straight face <laughs> and nobody could really tell except for the people that already knew anyway. Um, and he brought me up here and I was praying. And as I was praying, I felt my whole side of my face, the side that worked, going up. And the whole other side that didn't work, staying down. <laughs> And I was like, I look so awful <laughs> right now as I'm trying to pray for my healing. And, I, and as soon as it happened, the day that it happened, I was like, I have videos on my phone that I will never show another living soul. <laughs> but I have videos on my phone that I, it was the morning that I realized it was happening. The day before I had lost my taste buds. 
And I knew it was coming, and I kind of just forewarned Trevor, like, hey, just so you know, my face will be really messed up probably tomorrow. <laughs> and he was just kind of like, okay, well, you know, I still love you. Whatever happens, you know, God bless him. Thank God for good husbands. <laughs> um, but and when it happened, I was just like, I took a video that morning, and I still had to work. And I was like smiling, and they're very terrible videos. <laughs> but I was smiling, and I was like, man, you know what? I believe that God can heal me. Like maybe he's just doing this for my testing. Maybe I'm getting too vain, and he just needs to say like, ooh, not to down a little bit. <laughs> and so I was like, I said in the video like, by two weeks, this is going to be gone. And two weeks came, and it was not gone <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. And uh, it just kept going, and I, and I realized, man, I believed. I had the faith, and I believed that this was going to be gone. Why is it not gone? Like, I'm married now. It, like, I know he loves me, but this is awful. <laughs> like, I don't even want to look at myself. And I realized, you know what? Just, I had it, I've had it two other times before. Just like all those other times, I was stuck so much in myself and believing, oh, this will never go away. I'm going to stay, pardon this, but I'm going to stay ugly for the rest of my life. And I'm never going to get married <laughs> because he's going to think my face looks terrible. And all that time, it didn't, it didn't start going away until I realized, you know what? I'm okay. If God heals me, great. If not, great. <laughs> You know, and I realized I, I, for the other two, it went away shortly after. Um, but this time around, Brother Alexandre called me up when it had been three months, I want to say, three months of me having it. And for that one, they say if it's past two weeks, you've got it for the rest of your life. And I was like, okay, Brother Alexandre, like, he is a giant of faith. <laughs> I love Brother Alexandre. But I was like, okay, giant of faith. <laughs> You're testing me right now because this has been three months too long. And I, it's not going. It's not going anywhere. And it didn't happen. I was, I was really, to be completely honest, I was thinking, man, I'm going to, I was praying right here. I was thinking, after we're done praying, it went from being about me and like, I look so ridiculous, to I was like, you know what? Whoa, this is like an activation of faith. Like, this might happen. This might actually happen right now. And I, I was like, okay, we're claiming it. So I was claiming it, and I was like, what would be so cool is if I walked down these steps, and as soon as I touched the floor, I was just like, Boom, face fixed. And then it'd be like, whoa, God is so crazy. This is insane. <laughs> and, and I walked down. I walked down the steps. And I smiled. <laughs> I smiled as big as I could. And, I, and it was still, if you remember what my face looked like, it looked exactly the same. And it was like, 
okay. All right. I'm good. I'm fine. Like, it's for my testing. He's going to do it eventually. He's going to do it eventually. <laughs> Please do it eventually. <laughs> um, and I am way off my notes. Um, and I believe that after time it showed, I, I went and re- watched those videos now. And look, I can smile now. This is great. Um, <laughs> but after that time, I, I realized, you know what? I need to... I need to believe that the I will will do this. And all that faith that I had in the very beginning, four months earlier, where was that, you know, where was that now? Um, So trusting that he'll bring you through whatever it is because he cares for you. You are his child, 1 Peter 5, 7. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. This scripture I heard all growing up and I was always like, okay, he cares for me. I know, I'm his child. And pardon the other personal reference, but I grew up going to a public school. And when Brother Naeem hears this, he will, <laughs> he will laugh, but it's okay. <laughs> um, I grew up going to public school. Our church didn't have a church school. Or by golly, I'd be there. <laughs> um, but my sister and I pretty much pretty much ran that school. We both grew up there going from kindergarten to eighth grade. Um, You know, we could never get in trouble because we were the good Christian girls that wore skirts and, (laughs) you know, Morgan wouldn't do anything. And those of you who know me know I wouldn't do anything. So um, (laughs) before I got out of the car, my mom would always tell me, remember who you are. And as a kid who grew up in church, you're, you're just kind of like, okay, mom, yeah, I know who I am. I go to church every Sunday. I go Tuesday. I'm there every time the doors are open, whether I want to be or not. <laughs> I know who I am. And, you know, as a young kid, skirts and, you know, all that kind of thing, it was like, mom, there's no way for me to not know who I am because I'm in a skirt. I got long sleeves on. <laughs> All these girls are walking around with tank tops and, you know, whatever they want to wear. And here I am in this skirt that you've been <laughs> putting me on and putting on me. And uh, there were times that I, I would say, okay, mom, and shut the door real quick and go to school. But there were days when she knew, um, and I don't know how she knew, but she knew that I wasn't feeling it. And she would ask me what that meant. When she said, remember who you are, I'd say, okay. And then she'd say, what does that mean? And I'd be like, I'm a child of the king. And she'd be like, okay, and what else does that mean? And who are you? And I'd be like, my name is Morgan Lorraine Hoffer, Jesus Christ. And she was just like, okay, (laughs) you know. And she knew that I wasn't feeling it at all. But something about that just stayed with me all the way through high school. When I would... When I would have a bad day or something, I'd, I'd walk out and be like, remember who you are. Remember who you are. Yeah, who are you? I'm, I'm kind of crazy. We're just going <laughs> to put that out there. I would walk out and be like, I know who I am. I am Morgan Lorraine Hopper, Jesus Christ. And if you mess with me, you are messing with something else. And they would be like, 
that does not mean anything <laughs> to me. Um, but I believe that there was something in that that kept me all the way through high school. I am his and he is mine. No matter my age, no matter my height, no matter my skin color, no matter what I do, what I don't do. And um, young people, we have to understand that his promises still stand. I know this is something that we always hear and coming from somebody who's been raised in church, you always hear it. His promises still stand. His word is true. Stand on the word. Stand on his promises. You know, it goes on. And, and you have to realize that his promises do stand. You might not need this word right now. But believe me, <laughs> tonight while I was, I was praying and I was like, you know what? Preach to me. Use me somehow to preach to myself. Because reading these words, I, I told Sister Camila today, Reading these words in your own head and, and typing them out and getting them all organized, it's in your own head and it's so, it's so not weird, but you don't get the full effect until you hear it back and like replaying messages. You hear it back and you're like, wow, I didn't catch that. That, wow, that was amazing. And, and so um, I, I just really want this, as much as I'm, teaching you and I'm saying it to you, eventually you're going to need this. And I know even for me right now, there's, there's something about his promises that are just so amazing. That, that the fact that they still stand from forever ago, from the beginning of the world, that they still stand. That there's no one, no father figure, no anything that their promises could last all the way through time. And for you, because he cares for you and that he loves you. Um, cut the noises of life and get rid of the doubt. He's going to do what his word declares. There's not just some good words in a book. These are the promises that stand to this day, if the musicians can come. There's a point where you have to declare, your, declare to yourself, in loneliness... He said, I will because I care for you. In happy times, he said, I will because I care for you. In silence, I will because I care for you. It comes down to trust. We have a hard time uh, trusting just people in general. Um, I know even for me, I, I never had, I didn't have a hard upbringing or anything like that, but I feel like there's still times where God's still working on the trust side of me. Um, and I know, you know, it's, it's a hard thing to, to go from being an independent person. And this is for my college and career. And for young people, you know, eventually everybody will need this. But it goes, it's a hard thing to go from an independent person you're living your life, you got your driver's license, you are got a job, you got saving your own money. And then all of a sudden, you get married, praise God, one day, all of my college and career people, Jesus bless it. Um, and you are learning to trust that person. And it goes from, man, I am independent, I could buy that dress. Hint, hint, when I want to, I can 
you know, I can go out with my friends whenever I want to. And this makes marriage sound terrible, but I promise you it's an amazing thing. <laughs> to, to all of a sudden it's, hey, he, we don't agree on this. And it's an all of a sudden, wow, this is more than me. I have to trust that his, his hey, uh, 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 <laughs> is actually benefiting me and it's helping me. So when God is using his word to chop your arm off a little bit, it's, hey, he's doing this for my benefit. I'm going to grow a new arm and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be way better than what I could even imagine that it could be. Um, it comes down to trust. You trust his will. That's will as in his plan for you and will as in his inevitable event. If he says he's going to do it, it's going to happen. Can you, I, I want us to kind of self-reflect. I am closing, I promise. But self-reflect on the, can I openly say, God, I will trust you. I will. This is my inevitable event. I will trust you. I challenge each one of us to come to this altar and make a fresh commitment that God, no matter what life throws my way, your promises will remain. And I will trust you in the silence because I know you are there speaking over me your promises. Still I will trust you. Still I will follow. Still I will
on, somebody, all across this house. Let's just lift our hands. Can somebody say, God, I trust you with whatever's going on in my life, God, in the times of silence. God, I put my trust in you, Jesus. God, I still believe your word. I still believe your promises are yes and amen, God. Come on, somebody, you need to put your trust in Jesus tonight. You can walk out of this house different with your trust back in God. God, I know that you're working all things together for my good, Jesus. God, the times of silence, the still small voices, God, you're working together for my good, Jesus. Come on, somebody, just talk to him right now. Just talk to him. Come on, he'll never leave you. He said that he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never leave you by yourself. He's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Come on, he's always there for you. And he always will be. Come on, in the times of silence, he will be there. Come on, somebody, just a few more moments. Just a few more moments. Can we lift our hands before we leave this house tonight? Come on, one more time before we leave this house. Can someone just make a dedication to the Lord and just say, Jesus, whatever happens, God, Lord, I'm putting my trust in you, Jesus. God, whatever comes my way, whatever situation I may be in, God, I'm going to put my trust in you. God, I'm going to believe in you, Jesus that you're going to keep your word, that your word will never return unto you void, Jesus. Lord, and no matter what, I'll trust you, Jesus. Come on, somebody, let's lift our hands before we leave this house. Lord, we love you, Jesus. God, we trust you. God, in everything you're doing, God, we trust the process. God, we trust the times of silence. God, we trust in Jesus. Woo. And God, let us have faith that you're able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Lord, we trust you, Jesus. Jesus, we trust you. We'll trust you. 